0: Worship.
1: Who am I that the highest? Can-
0: The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever.
2: together. God, thank you so much for today. Lord, thank you that you are the Lord, our God, that that you are faithful, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, all the glory belongs to you, and we're so thankful that you love us, that you gave yourself to be the forgiveness and perfection that only you could provide so that we could be made right with God. Lord, we, we, we owe you our everything because you gave everything for us. And we ask that you would take these next few minutes and that you would do something in our lives. That, that you would give us the ears to hear and the eyes to see what you have for us. That you would infiltrate our hearts, break down our barriers. That you would restore what's broken and that, that you would make things new because you are the God who makes all things new. And we thank you for that. Lord, we, we love you. We need you. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. All right, if you guys could grab a seat and while you are sitting down, I want to invite all of our current graduating high school seniors and college graduates just to make their way up here really quickly because we want to celebrate them. We want to give a quick uh, shout out. They've worked hard and and we're gonna uh, show them how much we love them, how proud we are of them. So as they're coming up, let me read a little bit about who they are. And what they're doing. So some of the faces you'll see are uh, Ben Anton graduating from Thomas Jefferson High School. Go ahead and wave. Wave. Hey. Pretty awesome. Ben and I got the same blue shirt memo. So super excited about that. Uh, Harry. DePietro graduating from Baldwin High School and Steel Center uh, CTE certified in electrical construction. So uh, it's a shocking career, but he's ready for it. <laughs> so good. Uh, he's been hired uh, by the electrician electric electrician Ooh, electricians union as an electrical apprentice. So good job, man. That's that's impressive. So we have uh, we have Brennan. Uruk up here, graduating from, uh, from Ringgold High School, uh, Mon Valley Career and Technical Center Electrician Program. So fantastic. So proud of you guys. Currently employed at Trinity and plans to continue his education this summer. Amazing. So good. So heading down, we have Taylor Parrish from Ringgold High School headed to Kent State for athletic training. That's awesome. And we have uh, Caitlin Worgan, who graduated from cyber school, headed to Karen, uh, is that right? Karen, it's yeah, Karen University in Philadelphia for medical training. So that's awesome. Let's give you guys just some celebration, make some noise. It's amazing. So, some of our other graduates who couldn't be here we have uh, Makira Hatfield, Alan Middleton, uh, Rebecca Knoll, then we have Hannah Ford, Jacob Ford, and Ali Slagle. Uh, these are all part of your family. Guys, you've worked so hard. We're so proud of each one of you. We know that you've been through a journey. There's been highs and lows and you've persevered. You haven't quit. Each of you have an amazing story and we're all we're all in front of you right now just just in awe, just celebrating who you are, what God has done in you and through you. We know that the best is yet to come and we're excited to partner with you to send you off. Please know that we are, we're in your corner. We have your back. And so what I'm going to ask you guys to do, if you are, if you're willing to say that that you're going to support them, you're going to pray for them and encourage them, I'm going to ask you just to stand up with me. If you would just stand up, we're going to pray together. And if you're acknowledging that I'm going to pray for these, I'm going to support them. Guys, I want you to see that you have a church family who loves you. You have a church family who has your back, that believes in you. And more importantly, you have a savior who loves you. You have the power that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of you, and that can't be understated. So no matter where you go in life, just know that we're in your corner. That you have a God fighting for you, who's gone before you, who's going with you. And we're excited to hear the stories that you're gonna tell as as God continues to write this story. And so we're, we're we're so proud of what you've done and we're looking forward to what lies ahead. So let's all pray together for, for these and all of our graduates this morning. God, we thank you so much that, that you are with us. God, that you give us the strength to tackle everything that you have laid out for us. And what these and others have accomplished this morning cannot be understated because we know that it is through your power. And God, you've used them already to do incredible things and we believe that the best is yet to come. So I pray that you would fortify them and encourage them. God, help them to know that we are sending them out knowing that that you are with them, knowing that you have given them everything they need to do exactly what you have planned for them. And we are looking forward to hearing what you do in them and through them in the coming weeks and months and years. And God, we, we love them. We know that you love them and we're excited about what you have in store. We're honored that we get to to partner with them. And so God, we give you all the glory and praise in Jesus name. Amen. Awesome guys. Thank you so much. We love you. We're proud of you. I have something for you as you walk off the stage.
3: Yeah, you guys can have a seat. We're just, you know, I love this place and I love that we can celebrate and commission our students and guys, I I echo what Eric said. We are just real proud of you guys. And it's, uh, it's, it's so cool when I hear about students that will go away, go to school, and then they can't wait to get back to their church. That's because we as a church family raise that culture here, that our students want to be here, that they want to be a part of what's happening, what God's doing. So I'm so thankful for that. If you pass the friendship folders down the rows, we appreciate that. We're glad you're here. If you're new with us, Uh, Please grab a little red card in front of you or you can sign the folders. Just let us know you're new. You can bring it to the Welcome Center. They have something for free to give you. They just would love to connect with you and uh, just hear your story and and answer any questions that you might have. Uh, I have a few things I want to highlight. One is that we have Man Day coming up on the 15th through the 16th. We're going to be celebrating our our men in the church, our fathers. And so if you have a classic car, would you bring it up on Sunday, the 16th? Talk to Al, and we would just love if you would grace us with your amazing automobile awesomeness and bring it up and and just park it in front. So talk to Al Finney about that, and uh, we're going to be serving up some Breakfast sandwiches in the parking lot and just really celebrating our men and just praying that God would do a mighty work that weekend. It's going to be a good time. So check that out the 15th and 16th of June as we celebrate the men in our lives. And then on the 17th through the 21st, we have our VBS. And so you can sign up on our website. Uh, You can check out the table in the lobby if you have any questions, bringing in donations. We thank you guys so much for all the donations you brought in. If you have any questions, talk to Laura and the team out there in the lobby. And there's a mandatory meeting in the Canopy Room at 1230 for all volunteers for VBS. So please check that out. It starts at 1230 on the dot. So that's right downstairs in the Canopy Room. And then on the 21st, we're going to be having our June Jamboree to just wrap up that week. We're going to be inviting our VBS families, our community friends, and people that we know in our circles. And we're just going to be having a great time with inflatables and concession foods and just into all kinds of games. And then we're going to end the night. Uh, once it gets dark, we're going to end the night with Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. And it's going to be a fun time. So bring a chair, bring a blanket, grab a friend or two, and it's going to be an awesome time. So that's on June 21st. You can register on our website as well. It's all free. Um, and so we're going, to, we're going to pray that God would do a mighty work that week and that, God, that people would just show up and that they would be uh, met by God and that he would do a powerful work in their lives. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. As we receive this morning's offering and you know one more thing about June Jamboree is if you're interested in serving please talk to Jenny Hoffman in the lobby she's over at the welcome center and she can get you signed up to help out with the teams we're still looking for some more people for games and food so check out Jenny in the in the lobby and she'll help you out with that but our mission here guys we're talking about June Jamboree and talking about VBS and and seeing these students on stage our mission is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and to make disciples that make disciples, that make disciples, and on and on and on and on. I am the result of a spiritual legacy of my mother and beyond and that. And so as I leave my life, lead my life, I have my boys and my little, my little girl, and I'm making disciples because of my mother and before her and before her. And so we wrap up the series this morning. I pray that you guys would just hear from the Lord. We'd all hear from the Lord in a powerful way and that we'd be seeking to make disciples, that make disciples, that we would leave a spiritual legacy here on this earth. So let's go before the Lord as we continue on. Jesus, we love you. We make you the priority in this place. And we uh, pray that we would just encounter you in a fresh way this morning, that we would hear something that we've maybe not heard before, that we would see you in a different light. God, that we would just be blown away by who you are and that we walk out of here not just ready to do more, God, but ready to just, just encounter you every single day of our lives, to just spend time with you and then to pull people alongside of us. to to mentor them, to disciple them, and to point them constantly to you, Jesus. God, we want to reach out to people because you reached out to us first. So I pray we would walk away knowing we are on mission to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. And we know that you will do the work and we just need to show up. So Jesus, we love you and we uh, give all these uh, these finances, God, to see your mission um, made clear here on earth so we're excited to see what you're going to do and to know we can be a part of your work. We ask all things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
4: Aren't you glad to be here this morning? Thank God for a great morning, huh? What a great day. Let's thank our great God. What a great day. The sun is shining. Everybody's happy out there. I, uh, I got to share with you about this thing. I have this, uh, where this thing is called a fit Fitbit. And I just want you to know it doesn't mean that you'll be fit in a bit, okay? I've been wearing it for a year and a half, and I think it needs a new battery or something, all right? But uh, so I, I, I had this thing happen a few weeks ago. I, I, you know, I'm trying to track my steps and realize that, you know, when you're in an office, you don't put as many steps in as you need to, and it, it buzzes every hour to tell you to go walk 200 steps and all this stuff. And so I, I went home, and I was like, well, you know, I'm going to get all my steps caught up because I'll be cutting the grass tonight. So I went out, and uh, I cut the grass. I have three yards that I cut. And we're all all neighbors, and so I, I ride the tractor. And so it takes me, you know, it takes me like two hours. So I ride the, what are you laughing about, you know? It took me about two hours. I ride the tractor. Then I take the push mower and I go in where you can't get with the tractor and the weed Whacker. So after about, what was it, two, 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 two and a half hours, I come back in and I look and it added 12,000 steps on. And I told my wife, I said, I can't believe this. I got 12,000 plus the 2,000. It's like 14,000 steps in today. And she goes, no, you didn't. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, impossible! You can't put twelve thousand steps in in two hours. I'm like, yeah, I did. I put, trust me, I did. I put twelve thousand on. So I come in and I'm like, man, I, I, I'm feeling really good. I, I can't believe that I actually did this, you know. And so, uh, so I, I, said, she, she, you know, she's thinking there's some some problem with it. So I said, I next time I go out to cut the grass, so I'll check it. So I go out and I get on the, get on the tractor and I'm driving on the tractor and I, I, I caught the beginning number. It was, you know, like 2,000. And then within like five minutes, eight minutes, I checked it again. It went up to 3,000. And what it was doing was every bump on the mower was giving me credit for a step. So, I want to share with you the greatest exercise plan ever. So, get one of these and ride a tractor, okay? And I was thinking about doubling it. I was going to get a Fitbit for the other arm and I could get double the steps in, right? But I want, I want to share with this. What happens is sometimes we get a false read. You know, that was a false read. I look at it and the number looked good and I was like, yeah, I was pretty proud of myself. I was even feeling really good because I had 12,000 steps. Well, I had 12,000 bumps on a tractor is what I had. And, uh, and so I'm looking at this and I'm saying, wow, you know, I got, I got to deal with it. And, uh, and so I had a false read. And so when I went out and I saw that, man, I, I gained thousand seven minutes on a tractor, I was like, wow, there, there's something wrong with this picture here. And, and it wasn't really what was happening. And sometimes as a disciple, that happens to us. We get a false read. And our false read is that we know the facts. We know the knowledge. And so maybe you've grown up in a church and, and you know the knowledge. And and, you've, uh, and, and listen, we, there is knowledge to what we know. We, we do know something about Jesus, right? But it's more than knowledge. It is like, did you actually get the steps in? Did, did you actually follow through? And so the, what Jesus is all about, what discipleship is all about, is about you becoming a follower of Jesus who actually obeys Jesus. And it has actually transformed in in your attitudes and your actions. And, And that's why we get to go make disciples, because once he transforms us, we are such powerful salt and light to this community. And whenever they see people like you and I that go out and, and we, are, we are been transformed by the power of God, they see people that like, wow, you didn't get mad like everybody else did. And, and you, 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 actually, you asked forgiveness. You said, I'm sorry. And, and, and they see that there's something different about you. And that's the true read. I, I think that you could become a follower of Jesus and obey and not even know very much. But you're obeying him and, and you're going out. And so let's look at our, our verse that we've been talking about through this series. Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen and 20 says, go therefore, read it with me if you would. Let's read it aloud. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He says that he is, uh, he's called us to make disciples, and a disciple is not just somebody who has knowledge, but it's somebody who's a, an apprentice. They become like their master. And so, we've spent a lot of time, we've talked about the benefits of following Jesus. As you follow Jesus, he, he builds a faith in you that is so much deeper than the circumstances of life. And you're able to look at life, and life seems to be falling apart, but you're able to know that you're going to be able to make it through this because there's a God who is greater than your circumstances. And He said that He would never leave you, He'll never forsake you. So, as He develops that kind of faith in your life, that's a pretty powerful benefit to being a disciple of Jesus. I mean, that, that is life transformation. <clears throat> he says to observe everything. Now, the key there is to obey, to do it, to go out and to do what he has commanded us. And what he's commanded us? He says, I want you to love God and I want you to love others. That's it. I mean, that, that, I mean, that's a pretty tall order, isn't it? To love God and to love others, to love each other, to love people that you like and people that you don't like. I mean, so, I mean, that's, that's a huge order. And so that's taken me a lifetime. It will take me to the day I die to truly understand that, to truly become like the master, like Jesus. But I'll tell you what, I'm becoming more like him, and I pray that you are becoming more like him. And that today, more than you were five years ago, and today more than you were five weeks ago, you have been transformed and you forgive people more, you're kinder, you, uh, you love, you, you take uh, acts of service kindly and, and help people, and you're, and you're making a difference in our world. But the big thing I want to talk about today is not just loving God and loving each other. I mean, that's pretty big. And, uh, and, and taking it to the next step where he says to go and make disciples, as you're going, make disciples. Go and transform the world is what he says. I want you to spread out across all the world. And I want you to make disciples. So here we are. We're in Finleyville. We're in Western Pennsylvania. We get to make disciples. We get to make Pittsburghese disciples. It's really awesome. We get to bring Pittsburgh people to Jesus Christ. And that's, this is where God placed us. And it is so cool that God knew that there was a mission that needed to happen in western Pennsylvania, and he chose me, and he chose you, and he gave you the house in your neighborhood where you live so that you could reach a neighborhood for Jesus Christ. Now, the mission of Jesus is big. And so, uh, look here at Acts 1.8. Jesus, before he ascends up into heaven, in Acts chapter 1.8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. He says, uh, there's coming, he's leaving. Jesus was going to leave and go into heaven, and then he was sending the Holy Spirit. And he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power. And people get a little bit crazy whenever they hear that word power. See, power is very fascinating. It's very exciting. Um, and, and it is. I, I'm thrilled that we have the power of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit uh, lives in me, lives in you, if you've opened your heart and trusted Christ as your personal Savior. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's not power for anything for you. It's power that you'll be his witnesses. Do you see it? He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. A lot of people like to stop it right there. He says, you'll be my witnesses. You're going to tell what you have seen. You're going to to tell about this Jesus, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That means in your home. You start here at your home uh, in Judea and Samaria. That's like the region. And then he says... To everywhere, to the ends of the earth. He says, so just trust me, I'm sending the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you tell people about Jesus, as you witness and you share with them about his love and his mercy and his grace, the power is with you. Now, it's, it's like you have to put that whole thing together. Because I think many times we want power to, to make myself happy. That's not what he's given. He's not, the Holy Spirit didn't come to give you power so that you can make yourself feel good. He says, I've come to give you power so that you can witness, so that you can tell people about what he did in your life. And so there's a model that Jesus gave us. Over in John chapter 20, he tells us here, he says, peace be with you as the father has sent me, so I am sending you. And so he tells us, listen, uh, God had a model here. And as, as God worked with Jesus, he, Jesus says, I'm working with you as a disciples, and I'm sending you. And I want you to realize today that as a disciple, if you are a disciple of Jesus, you will make other disciples. That's, that's a key part of being a disciple. And it's not, oh, well, I've learned and I've gotten all the books and I've gotten all that. No, no. You will, you were, your attitudes will be transformed, your actions will be transformed. Uh, all those things, will your relationships will be transformed, and you will make another disciple. You will invest in other people. You will have this passion. It will burn within you that you've got to share this with somebody else. You've got to tell somebody else. And, uh, and, and so here was the pattern. First of all, God was for us. As you look in the Bible, you see that God created us in the image and in the likeness of God. Uh, He smiles upon us. We are his creation, yet there is this sin issue that we have to deal with. So as we have the sin issue that we have to deal with, we have to understand that God is for us, but yet our sin separates us from a holy God. So our sin is a big problem to this holy God, but he's still for us. He's seeking us. As a matter of fact, the whole Bible is about God pursuing us, pursuing you. And so as you see that, you see that God came and pursued you. He came to this earth so that you might have eternal life. It started out in the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. God said, I'm for the creation that I love. Uh, Then he says, I'm with my creation. You look throughout the Old Testament, you'll see he was with Jeremiah in the pit. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. And the list goes on and on throughout the Old Testament where you see that God showed his his presence was with them. And so God says he was with his people. And then you go over to the New Testament, we find that Jesus comes and he becomes one of us. Jesus comes to this earth and he lives as one of us. He's a human being. He, uh, the scripture says that he was tempted and tested in all points like we were. Um, he is one of us. He, he understood what it was like to be human. He was 100% God, yet 100% human. And as he lived and walked this earth, he, uh, he knows what you're going through. He understands the pain of humanity. He, he died on a cross. And, uh, and so after he leaves, he says, God is in us. And so God is with us, he's for us, he's with us, he's one of us, he's in us, and this is the model. He says, so as I was sent, I'm sending you. And so as you think about the people in your life and you think about the places that you go, I want you to look at this. We are to be for people, like for our community, like uh, positive impact, positive, we're, we're, we're giving people a thumbs up, we, we're happy, we like people. Uh, then we're to be with them. We, we show up and we, we, you know, on occasion we're, we're hanging out. We start to be with them. And then all of a sudden you become one of, you become part of the community. It's like, uh, you know, in, in my life, I remember moving out here to Finleyville, you know, coming from Dormont out here to, to, to Finleyville. I was for the community, but I couldn't stop there. I had to be with the community. So I went out and I started, you know, when my kids were little, I started coaching softball and and uh, you know, we we did all that fun stuff, and then then over time, I became one of the community. I am a Finleyville resident. I I understand the Ringgold School District pretty good. I understand the local schools around us because I am part of our community. Uh, and then you know, then he says, Jesus says he's in them, and so we're We're in this world, we're, we're out there and we're moving, and we' we're, we're, we're interacting with our culture and and it's like we have this great news of jesus, and so that's what Jesus did. Jesus came to this world, but he didn't sin and and yet he was not afraid to be with us. He was not afraid to be one of us, and he was holy, and so the the commission for us is to go out and make disciples to be with the people, to be one of our community, to be into this, and to really help people find who he is. Uh, You know, when you think about that, uh, you know, we start to look for ways. When you become in the community, you look for ways to bless the community. We look for, uh, we become one of them. And then all of a sudden, we start to see people become disciples. And through through my years here in Finleyville, there's a number of people that now attend our church because... We've been out there, and this was disciple making, and maybe I was their first contact. Just as they didn't even know I was a pastor, I was just contact, and I was kind and said, "Hey, how you doing?" And and God started to open up, and we now we were you know we bless and we're in the community. Luke chapter ten, Jesus is training another group of disciples, and uh, the the Lord is uh, pulls out seventy two disciples. There was a group of twelve. Then there was a group of the seventy that you read about, so i 'm just going to begin reading in Luke chapter ten verse one. The Lord appointed seventy two others and sent them two by two ahead of, ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go it 's very interesting that Jesus sent his disciples ahead of him, and I want you to check this out because God is going to use you to make disciples he 's sending you out ahead of some of the things that he's gonna be working future in their lives. And I really believe that he's already out there working in, in people's lives. He's moving, he's orchestrating things, helping people and uh, helping them to, to come to their realization of the need. But he sends you out. And as you go out, you're the forerunner. You're opening up the doors. You're, 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 you're doing the work that he's called us to do. Uh, he says here, pray, verse two, he told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So he says, listen, there's a sense of urgency here. Uh, there, there's, uh, you, you, the harvest is plenty. There's, there's plenty. There's plenty of people in our community that are looking for God. Plenty of people that need God. Between here and my house are several hundred people that need God. And it's like, he says, look, pray for workers. And that's the first fill in the blank in your notes. Pray for workers. Uh, and, and what would happen here in, in that day, the, uh, the people would understand that, that, a la- that there would be a labor shortage. And so you would be out and a a man would own his field and he would have his own workers. He would send his workers out there and they would be bringing the harvest. But the workers would come and they would come to a point of panic when they would find out that, hey, we just can't get this job done. And so the workers would come back and they would... Beg their master. They would beg their Lord, please hire more workers. Please send us more workers because the rainy season's coming. We're never going to get this harvest done. And so Jesus, that, that, that was the culture of the day. So when Jesus takes and applies that to his kingdom, he says, go and pray for workers. Why? Because we need a team. We need a team. I, I love what A.J. Gordon said. He said, you can do more than pray after you have prayed. But you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. You can do more than pray after you have prayed. So prayer is the very first step. But you cannot do more until you have prayed. Uh, Prayer is like essential. And, And so if we want to see God's work to be done, we can't do it just with our own zeal and with our own energy and our own desires. He says, pray for workers. So here, here's the analogy. I want you to catch this. As you're going out into into your field, into the places that God has sent you, you're going to see people that need him. And he says, pray for workers. The first step is to pray. So that means you're going to start praying that God will surround people. Maybe it's somebody in your family that you're praying for. You're going to say, God, please Please send some workers into this field that, uh, that, uh, that you will help, help bring the harvest in. This is more than what we can handle. God, we need you to work. So God starts to surround them. And all of a sudden, you, you hear that your friend said, well, yeah, my other friend uh, over here, he, he prayed over his lunch. Wow. And so you start to hear that there's, there's other people of faith out there that God is working and, and, and using and, and planting around there. So pray for workers. And that's what he's called us to do. And uh, he, he continues on here. He says, go. Verse, verse 3 says, go. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the on the road. Uh, there there was a Yiddish word that really sums this up. It was called schmooze, uh, and what he was basically saying in so many words or less was, you know, don't get caught in chit chat, idle conversations, and gossip. Gossip is taking a bad story and taking it one step further, you know? Uh, and it's just so easy. that Chit-chat, idle conversations, gossip, sharing bad news. Did you hear blah, blah, blah? It is so easy for us to get involved in that. And in the mission of the church, he's telling us here, he says, listen, don't get hung up on that. Stay on the mission. He continues, verse 5, when you enter into a house, first say, peace to this house. Now, the, 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 in Hebrew, there was a word that the, that the people would say and the Jews would say all the time. It was called shalom. And it, it meant peace. Peace be to you. Uh, a sense of fullness and wellness. And so they would say, they would, they would go into a house and they would say, peace be unto you. And so listen, our goal as, as people who have faith, who have Jesus Christ, we are the peacemakers. We go into this world that is blown up, that is shredded, that is tormented, and we do not add to it. We are the peacemakers. We go out and we are the people of peace. So he says, when you go to a door... now. Today, you know, if somebody knocks on your door, you're kind of alarmed, aren't you? You know, I'll never forget that. You know, a few weeks ago, somebody knocked on our door. We're like, who is it? You know, you're all afraid of like, who's actually knocking on the door? You're, you know, people just don't come to your house anymore unless it's Amazon delivering, right? So outside of that, it, you know, it's like you're, you're alarmed. So I want you to take this and I want to apply it to where we live. Greet people. In other words, he says, it'd be like saying, how are you? How are you doing today? And if somebody is responsive to that, he says, stay a while and continue to work there. That's a person of peace. And, and, and God's calling us to, uh, to, to to look for these people of peace. Look here at verse 6. He says, if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. In other words, if, if, if the man has peace, and you go and you say, Shalom. You say, how are you? Good to see you. How are you doing? And there's a natural response. In other words, the guy likes you. He can get along with you, all right? Uh, I realize you're not going to get along with everybody. So you're going to find the people of peace. And that's what Jesus said. He said, go to the people of peace first. And and, and so as you're going into your community, I want us to take the application of this. The application is to look for your person of peace. Second point in your notes there this morning look for your person of peace. And begin to, as you're praying, pray for that person of peace, pray for workers. Make it our first step to take that name before God and ask God to build a team. So that you say, well, where might I find a person of peace? Um, let me give you five places that you might find a person of peace. And I really want this to be something that's going to drive our church in the days to come. Uh, you're going to find a pe- person of peace, number one, where you live. Uh, your house, number one. I always say the greatest disciples that I've ever made will be in the house that I live in. Those people know that I'm real. They know when I'm not real. They know the good side, the bad side, the ugly side. They see that Jesus is real, that he's alive, and that he has done something in this old guy's heart. Uh, so when you have your home, number one. Then where I'm saying you live is like your neighborhood. Think of the people in your neighborhood. Can you, uh, can, do you know the names of all your neighbors? just think about that. Just, just write down, you know, take a sheet of paper and put your house in, you know, this is my home, and then draw a little map of the six people around you. Do you know all six of those names? And I realize for some of you, your neighbors, are, you live three, four acres away. Some of you live a mile away from each other, but who's your neighbor? and start to look. These are the people that, that can become people of peace. And as you just start to reach out to them, and you start to start to connect with them, all of a sudden you'll look and you'll say, wow, the, these, are, these are people of peace. And, and you'll find, yeah, hey, I kind of get along with this guy. I, I ask him how he's doing. He says, yeah, he tells me a little bit about his life. And, and so we can hold a conversation. Uh, how about people at your work? You know, when you go to work, you, you, you're going to find somebody that, that, uh, that, 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 that needs Jesus there. And you're going to find people of peace. And so, you know, there's also people at your work that are not people of peace, right? You know, there's people at your work that you know just not to talk to because they're just going to bite your head off, right? And so Jesus says, go to the person of peace. Don't worry about the guy who's going to bite your head off. We're going to get to that in just a moment here. He says, go to the person of peace. And if he says, peace back, and he's like, yeah, I'm into this, you stay there and you linger a while. Uh, How about the places that you eat, you know? You can tell that I love that kind of evangelism, right? I, you know the places that you eat. Where where, where do you eat? Do you, when you go into a restaurant, do you know the uh, do, you, do you know the waitress's name, the hostess name? Um, many of you go to the same places all the time. Do you know the chef's name? Good idea. Get to know the chef, guys. All right. Get to know the chef. Um, you go there, and you know uh, down here at, at uh, Subway, I've known Lynn as as uh, the owner of Subway, and I've known them for a long time. And we knew them whenever she operated the other place over there in library. She owns both of them, uh, her and her husband. And so my wife and I, we go down there and, and Lynn talks to us. Lynn will come over and sit down and actually eat lunch with us. Why? Because she's a person of peace. And we just plant little, little things of God all on the way. And Lynn doesn't attend church. But I'm able to minister to Lynn, and my wife and I, we minister to Lynn and her husband. and uh, Her husband's name is Al, and they're great people. And and listen, this is part of the people of peace in my life. How about where you shop? Go to to where you shop, you know? Uh, Giant Eagle, Family Dollar, Dollar General, all these places, you know? Uh, Some of those places I go into all the time. You know, we have, have, you know, those those grocery stores, and I got to run out, you know? 9.30 9.30 at night, you know, there's no toilet paper. Your wife says, I got to go, right? So I'm the one who has to, I mean, not literally got to go, got to go to the grocery store, right? <laughs> so I'm the one who has to go. That really backfired, did it, right? But I'm the one. <laughs> Go to Dollar General. They have toilet paper, right? They have a bathroom, too. No, anyhow. So it's like, I'm the one who has to make the errand. I have to run the errand. So I go down there. And listen, down there, they they know me by name down here at Dollar General. And uh, they're like, hey, you're the closer. I come in every night at 9.30, quarter to 10. You know, it's either for toilet paper, ice cream, Diet Pepsi. It's a great combination, all right? So it's just like, I, I we, don't, we don't buy a whole order. We go in and get things a little bit every day. But it just happens to be that I've gotten to know these guys. And, and they're like, they, they like tease me. They're like, well, we can close. You're here now. You're, you're getting in. We're closing up. And so what I've done is I have built some friends. And these are the people peace in my life. And I'm praying for them. I'm saying, God, surround us. Pray for workers. Because I know half the church goes down in well, maybe you don't buy toilet paper there, but ice cream probably, right? And so it's just like, wow, God just got us all, and we're all working together. And you know, who knows what God's going to do? I was in another place, and uh, and I heard the, the, you know, some of these places that I go all the time where you shop. And I went into into this place, and I heard one of the attendants, He goes, "Yeah, my dad's an atheist, and my mom's a Buddhist." And I said, "God, there's my person of peace. This guy needs you, Lord." And, and and he was sharing not with me; he was sharing with his other coworker that the pain and some of their spiritual lungs that they're looking for. And so I want to I want to encourage you, there's people peace where you shop. Uh, how about where you play? You know, where, where you go for recreation? What do you do for fun? Down at the health club, the, all these different places that you go, you know, you, you, you like to, you get involved. I know Sandy Walshack, she plays bunco, whatever that is. And She's got a lot of these ladies come to church who play bunco, and it's just awesome. And, you know, I'm like, hey, I don't even know what it is, but more power to you, you know? But you know what? She's out there. She knows people of peace, and she's investing in them. And, and I see other people. They, they like sports, and they're on sports teams, and they're on softball teams, and baseball teams, and, and, and invo- uh, involved in so many different areas of play in the community. It's like, wow, God's using them to make a difference. And so I want to encourage you to, to look for your person, to play, a person of peace in these areas. Where God has planted you, you must learn to grow. And so God's planted me in Finleyville. And I have to learn to grow in Finleyville. And so I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to do what he's called me to do. And I want to encourage you to go out and make disciples in your community, where you live, where you work, where you eat, where you shop, where you play. And I think that's easy. We can put that on your hand. You can remember that. And the deal is we have to be intentional. It doesn't just happen. We have to be intentional to learn somebody's name. We have to be intentional to learn your neighbor's name. We have to be intentional to to learn learn, uh, Al and and Lynn's name down here at the, at the subway. We have to be intentional to learn these people. And, and when you go in, you actually care, and you actually say, how are you doing? Uh, listen, Al and Lynn wouldn't pull up and sit and talk with us if we didn't really care. There's, there's, a, there's a friendship, and so we really care. And so, you know, the, the next step that we take it to is every now and then, those folks will come to us and say, would you pray for me? I mean, that's a powerful statement for somebody to come and say, would you pray for me? And and then somebody will come and say, um, you know, I I have this problem, and they'll, they'll share these problems. And you know what I do? If somebody comes and says, would you pray for me, I do the same thing that I do with you all, with Christians. And I want you to do the same thing that you do with Christians. If somebody says, would you pray for me, I try to stop and pray with you. Like if you asked me, hey, would you pray for my, my daughter's having a surgery this week? I would stop and pray with you and, and, have a, and, and ask God to work in your, in your family's life. And so if somebody from the community and one of my people of peace where I live, work, eat, shop, and play, if one of my people of peace out there came to me and said, hey, I have a problem. You know what I do? I say, number one, I'll pray for you. Would you mind if I pray for you right now? And you know what happens? They're blown away. And, and sometimes God heals their situation. Sometimes he doesn't. But what he does is he heals their heart. He brings them and opens their heart more to Christ. And they've, they're seeking God. I mean, somebody asked you to pray. They are seeking God. God Almighty, and you have God Almighty living inside of you. How awesome is that? Uh, Luke ten seven. Stay in the house. If there's a person of peace, stay there. Eat and drink whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. In other words, keep developing the friendship. Verse eight. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Favorite verse in the whole Bible. I love that. Yeah eat what is set before you. If I come to your house, you put it before me, I'm eating it, okay? I remember years ago, I went down, a friend of mine was from Trinidad, from Liberty. We graduated together. He was from Trinidad, and he took us down, and I went down there with Chet and all, we spent spent a week or two down in, in, uh, in his house, and uh, then we took groups back later on. But I'll never forget, his, his mother did not know God, and she worshiped false gods. She had she was in, in uh, some Far Eastern religions. And so uh, she, she gave me, for breakfast, goat on the hoof, like bones and shredded and all. And I'm like eating this stuff, and I'm like, Lord, I really don't want to eat goat for breakfast. And I'm like, okay, God, this is what I have to do because I know that these people need you. And, they, they, I mean, they gave me the hottest of spices, I mean, they they would sit back and laugh because they know what Americans do with their spices, right? They, they have to go to the Dollar General at 10 o'clock at night is what they have to do. So it's like, uh, so, so what they did was they, they would give me this, and, and they told me that I had the belly of a bowl. I was kind of proud of that. Not anymore, but, you know, I was kind of proud of that back then. And you know what we did? We, we were just doing that. We were there for a few weeks, but, you know, when a missionary goes overseas, he learns the culture, and he just eats there. And so the, the idea is don't refuse hospitality. You know, when somebody comes to you and, and they may or may not know God, but they want to help you, don't ever refuse that. I used to do that when I was younger. Now it's like, yeah, they, they, they want to they help you. Um, it, it, is, it is a part of how God made them. God, God designed them to, to reach out to you. And God is going to use you as you say yes to them, to their kindness. They're going to find the kindness of God. Um, in verse 9, heal the sick who are, who are, who are there and tell them um, the kingdom of God is near you. Like I said, continue. You pray over people that are sick. We continue to pray over sick people today. Today, we believe that God uh, still is in the business of healing people, but the greatest business is healing a heart. So uh, we, we pray over people all the time. Sometimes God heals, sometimes he doesn't. The greater thing is that he heals their heart and so God wants to do a work in their heart. Uh, Verse 10, but when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to your feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure this, the kingdom of God is near. And what he's saying by that is don't sweat rejection. Don't sweat rejection. Just, just let that wipe the dust off your feet. And so you're going to go out, you, you, you're going to be talking to people, and you're going to find people of peace, and there's going to be people that aren't people of peace. And God says, Don't sweat it if somebody's not, not even friendly to you. You know, you may go up to somebody, you may say, How are you? And they may say, Ha, leave me alone. Well, ha, leave them alone, all right? And, and that's just the way that works. And, and you, you don't have to be mean. You just shake the dust off and keep moving to the next thing, what, what God's called us to do. He says, stay on mission. Because somebody does not become a follower of Christ, do not give up. Do not, uh, do not stop being on mission. Wipe the dust off, and we keep looking for the people of peace. Now, as we've been talking this morning, I'm sure in your mind you have thought somewhere of a person of peace. Somebody where you live, where you work, where you eat, where you shop, where you play, there is somebody, maybe a few of them. I would say in my life, I probably have about 10, maybe 15 people piece that I interact with. Some of them I've gotten to pray for their prayer requests. Some of them we haven't even gotten that far. Others I've told them about Jesus, and, and they're considering the claims of Jesus. And so in your life, as you are with, with, with your person of peace, as you're going out and you are purveying peace, because this is the God of the universe who came to us. He died on the cross. He paid for your sin, and we can't help but go out and tell this to the people where we live, work, eat, play, and shop. This is what God has given us to do. And so as you go, make disciples. Uh, today, we're going to close our service with communion. I'm going to ask the men who are serving communion if they will head back and begin to prepare the elements there. But uh, as, as we close with communion, I want to encourage you. I'm just going to share this one story of a, of a fellow in our community. Every, every time I get near this fellow, he invites me to pray. He does not know God that I know of. He is very open to God. He's on the journey. But when I step into his place of business... He says, hey, would you pray over my business and would you pray over me? You see, that didn't start. That wasn't the first day we met. First day we met was like just being friendly. Hi, how are you? And then he reciprocated and then we kept going and we kept going back and forth, back and forth. And now we're at the point where he asked me to pray. One day, I believe this man is going to come to Jesus Christ, but that may be a year, maybe five years. He may come to this church, may not come to this church, but I want to invite him to Jesus. And so my prayer is that we as a church will go out and we'll invite people to Jesus. Let's go out and be about our person of peace. Uh, You know, we've got a number of events that are coming up this summer. We're going to have a vacation Bible school. In, In our first service, Charlie was here. Charlie brings five kids every week from his neighborhood. He, he saw the people of peace. The parents said, go ahead, take my kids. And he takes these kids to church, brings them every week. They go down. there in Dan, Dan McNeese Sunday School class downstairs. And, and it was so exciting. He, today, he brought them up to hear a couple songs. He just wanted them to see what church was like. They, the kids said they had never been in church before. So he takes them down. He, they got to hear a couple songs, and then he took them down to their, to their class. And, and, uh, and, you know, he, he wanted them to see what communion was about. He, he just wants them to know God. And he saw people of peace, and so he invited them. Uh, We're going to have vacation Bible school. I want to encourage you, go to the people of peace in your community. And you won't know that they're people of peace until you go to them. And if they say no, shake the dust off and go to the next place. It's okay. But go to the people of peace and invite them to bring their kids. And say, can we... Uh, we'd like for your kids to have fun with us up at our vacation Bible school. And then on Friday night that week, we're going to have, have this June Jamboree. It's going to start at 6 o'clock. they got all kinds of games and fun. We're going to wrap up the night uh, as, as it gets dark. We've we got this giant 30-foot screen we're going to put up. We're going to put Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. I don't even know what it is, but we're going to watch it. It's going to be fun, you know. But invite your person to peace. You know why? Because they'll probably come to see Wreck-It Ralph instead of hear Wreck-It Ken, right? They'll come, to, they'll come to see Wreck-It Ralph. And when they're here, they'll say, those people, are they're not so bad after all. Except for the pastor. He's still crazy, right? Uh, we're going to have man Day in a few weeks. You know what that's all about? It's about bacon is what it's about, right? We're going to have bacon, egg, and cheese on the parking lot. Actually, on a bagel. But we're just going to be on the parking lot. you have bacon, egg, and cheese for everybody. You know what we want you to do? We want you to invite somebody. And look at your person of peace. And so maybe your person of peace is not ready to be invited, but maybe they are. And you invite them and, and we, we come up here. And then, you know, in July, we're going to have another movie night. We've, we've got so many of these things that we're doing and, and the year just keeps rolling by and, and pretty soon we'll, we'll be rolling into the next month, the next month. And you know what? These are all, this is how the church works. We pray for labors. Here's your team. Praying for God to put more people in their lives. We invite them. They come up. They watch Wreck It Ralph. They bring their kids to VBS. They come to the church, get a sandwich, and they see and they start to find their journey to God. And God uses you. There's about 500 people that attend our church on any given weekend five to 600 people. And I want you to think about this if that 500 people would go out and everyone has five persons of peace, everybody has 10 persons of peace. Some of you have way more than that. You're really, really nice. Some of you have two. It's okay. God's made us all different. Really, he has. Sandy has more friends than I'll ever want. You know I mean? She's just, she's an incredible lady. So God's gifted us all different, but he's told us all to look for the people of peace. And then we start to bring them along the journey. How can I pray for you? You start to invite them. So let's go this summer. Gentlemen, if you would begin, if you'd serve the the communion to the church we're going to start with the bread and as we do that this morning i want you to think about the sacrifice of jesus and what he has done for us on that cross and how that jesus came so that we might have eternal life um this is why we come to our friends sean I want you to hold that piece of bread, and I want you to think about the body that was broken for you, because not only was it broken for you, but it was broken for that person of peace, where you live, where you work, where you play, where you shop, where you eat. I think God's going to do something really powerful in this church. I think that all of a sudden I'm going to hear, it's your homes. God's going to be like making disciples. And there's going to be backyard barbecues happening. You're going to be making disciples. And and you're going to be at the beginning stage where you ask, how can I pray for you? And that's an awesome stage to begin. And you're just going to start building those relationships. And others of you are going to do exercise classes in your, in your community. You're going to... I had a video. I, I'll show one of these days here if I can ever end on time, right? But I have a video of a good friend of mine. Uh, Rhonda had met his wife. Her name is Susan at an aerobics class when we were in our 20s. And, uh, and she invited her. She was a person of peace. And they were looking for God, didn't know it. And they invited them. She invited them to come to church. That lady became uh, a follower of Christ. Her husband became a follower of Christ. They're some of our very best friends. They now live out of state. Their job moved them out. But he went out and he's made hundreds of disciples throughout his life. And that's what God did because somebody said, hey, here's an exercise class. It's in the community. It was at the South Park Library. Not even here. At the South Park Library. And, uh, yeah, I mean... Thank God we don't go over there to read. We go there to exercise, right? So she, it was a community center over there. and We went over there. Rhonda went over there. And it was like the rest was history. And I hear these stories all over the church. Uh, today, as we, as we read the scripture here, Mark, four, four, Mark 14 says that at the Lord's Supper, they were eating the bread. They were eating, and he took bread. And after blessing it, he broke it, and he gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. Let's pray and thank God for his sacrifice. God, I thank you for the sacrifice of your body this morning. I thank you that this bread is a symbol of that sacrifice. God, I pray this morning that you will do something powerful in our lives as we pause and we say thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. We don't deserve it, but thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. See together. You may serve the juice to the congregation. And he had taken the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And he drank all of it, and they drank all of it. And And he said to them, this is my body. This is my blood. So this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine, until the day when I drink in the new kingdom of God. They had no clue when they were taking this that Jesus would be betrayed. They had no clue that he would die. They had no clue of what was to come. They had no clue that there would be a resurrection. But he said, listen, I'm leaving you. Do this in remembrance of me. Today, we do this in remembrance of him, but he's with us. His Holy Spirit is with you everywhere you go. And he's giving you power to go out and find that person of peace and make disciples. And I'm, I'm just, I'm excited. I, I think God's going to do some powerful stuff as you go and take the mission of Jesus. It's not, it's not something that happens on the weekend, folks. It's something that happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It happens morning, evening, and noon. It's who you are. And God is going to transform our town can you imagine the word spreads around our country because God is doing something in Pittsburgh wouldn't that be powerful because a few people said yes I'll go find the person of peace I'll pray I'll look for my person of peace I'll eat meals with people I'll share with them this was his blood it was given for us this is a a symbol of his blood Let's just pray over it and then we'll take together. Father God, be with our church family, Lord. We thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you cared enough about us, Lord, to die on the cross. You cared enough to give us a visual symbol that you said, do this often and remember what I've done for you. Oh, God, please. We ask this morning as, as, we, as we receive communion this morning, as, as we take this and we celebrate you, Lord, that you'd be adored by everyone in this room. In your precious name we pray. Amen. God's people said, amen. What a great God. Let's just thank God for the cross this morning, shall we? Thank him. I want to encourage you next weekend to be here. Founders weekend is next Sunday. We're going to have Pastor John Arnold. Pastor was Pastor John was my pastor. Um, he mentored me. He was here for 47 years as the pastor of this church. And that will be next Sunday. He'll be speaking here. I'll be here. He'll be speaking. It's going to be a great day. And then we're going to have lunch in the gymnasium afterwards. It's going to be a fantastic day. Please come. Uh, Plan to stay. Plan to stay for lunch. I mean, we've got a ton of food coming. It's going to be a great time. If you don't know Pastor John, please stay for lunch anyhow. I want everybody to stay. We're just going to have a great day as a church family. And uh, I know that you'll be encouraged by hearing his legacy at the church here. But, I mean, can you imagine that? 47 years of anything, let alone leading the church. Amen? So, God bless you. You are dismissed. Shalom.